What's up? This is a special edition of Marsha's Plate where we review the show Pose on FX. All right? Uh, what Diana say? Don't call the doctor. Don't call the mama. Don't call the preacher. Welcome back to Marsha's Plate. Make sure if you join the conversation, you hashtag Marsha's Plate and pose FX. Um, we're going to cover a lot of topics. This episode was really deep, um, heartfelt. So if you hear us talking about anything and you have something to add, make sure you hashtag us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We are under... M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Hashtag us. We don't care if you agree or disagree. We just want to hear your opinion. So, you know, come join the conversation. Hey, what's up, y'all? Oh, my God. So we have a Electra-centered backstory episode finally i'm excited when i first saw that um that this was going to be about electra and i seen the title was going to be called trunk <laughs> if you are new if you're new then you might not know but if you have been watching in season two they did uh i guess a re not reenactment but um they added the real based on a real life story from you know dorian Corey is her name Dorian Corey yes Dorian Corey about um you know the drag queen that had a mummy in her closet basically and so this was that part of Pose was based on a real story and we covered that in season two and so I was excited to see what they were going to do with it how they were going to visit it what did you think about this episode um this was the episode that I think many Electra fans have been waiting on. I know I certainly was waiting for this episode. Um, it delivered. Um, it delivered. I, you know, I was really interested in like knowing how Electra's so big whenever she's on screen, how she got to that. Right. Um, surprisingly, seeing that she's kind of always been that. Right. <laughs> You know, it wasn't like she, you know, went from being something other than Electra to, I think what we see now was a more like realized version of Electra, but apparently it's always been there. So right. yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this episode, really excited to talk about this episode. So all right, so let's let's get started. So when we first come into this episode, we see Electra um, running a phone sex business, right? And so this time, it's kind of crazy to me a little bit because at this time, one 900 numbers or, you know, sex numbers have been around for a long time. So they're making it almost seem like this is like a new phenomenon almost, which right. was strange to me because like one 900 numbers were introduced 
um, actually the first time that 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 technology was introduced was in during the Reagan and Carter um, in the 1980s, the Reagan and Carter oh. presidential um election they were um abc nightline i've been on nightline before <laughs> but ABC, <laughs> abc nightline asked their viewers to call in to vote for who was gonna who they thought was gonna win the election and that was the first time the technology had been used okay. and so year, later on it became you know, f- a fundraising tool. It became, um, you know, even like Saturday Night Live did spoofs. Um, like Eddie Murphy did a spoof about Larry the Lobster, where <laughs> like people, you know, he just, it's just so many things that became a part of our culture. And of course, any technology like that, because of the the savvy of sex workers, <laughs> you know, like, like, the, like even to this day, the savvy of sex workers they were allowed to you know do sex work without actually having clients so it was kind of a legal way you know a a get around kind of to make that kind of sexual money without actually doing the physical prostitution yeah and so that was a quite interesting that they made it seem like it was almost new and this wasn't a new thing but they alluded to hmm? so you taught me something because I thought maybe the girls got this shit started. But <laughs> no, yeah. they did not. This has been it had been going on in the 80s. And so, you know, it was it was quite it was quite interesting that they kind of played it out like that. But I do love how they um alluded to Mayor Giuliani's, you know, his 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 mm-hmm. early career where we know him as the Trump liar. And, you know, with the the pretty white top teeth and the yellow crusty bottom ones, we know (laughs) we know that the the disgusting Republican that um, Rudy Giuliani is and, you know, lying and conniving and corrupt, that kind of stuff. And it's interesting that they alluded to him being this savior of the city, this um, I'm cleaning up the city, tough on crime, blah, 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 blah. When we know you are nothing but a fucking crook yourself. <laughs> a mess. A mess. So Electra is escorted out of her business by a pair of cops in the Why opening scene. Keep a business going. I mean, the police always raid her shit. Always. Can this lady make her coin, please? Damn. Can she make her coin in peace, honey? Okay. So it was very law and order about the situation. They were sitting across, good cop, bad cop, and um, Electra was holding her own. Like, you know, you niggas can't fuck with me. I got my paperwork ready. I got my licenses. I got all my ducks in a row, so y'all can't fuck with me. Blah, 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 blah. Until they say, oh, you, you're not doing too, you're not, oh, you're not doing what we want you to do? Well, we'll just get a search warrant for your businesses and your home. That changed the game. <laughs> okay. She said, all right, wait a minute, wait a minute. We we can't hit it. Um, I'll cooperate. Just let, let me make this phone call right quick. And then I'll be I'll be back. I'll be back. And they wasn't having it. Yep. So she called Blanca and told Blanca, honey, in other words, <laughs> in very coded language, I need you to go to my apartment 
and, you know, take my trunk and, you know, very coded language and get rid of it. And Blanca was like, girl, no. But then, you know, that's her mama and loyalty is loyalty. And so she recruited Ricky <laughs> and Poppy Dumbass. <laughs> the, the two dumbest characters on the show. <laughs> they got big hearts. That's what saves them. That's what saves them. <laughs> So in this moment, Blanca goes to Electra's apartment and she has to tell Ricky and um, Poppy what's in the trunk. But I don't think she has to, but it's almost like they, she, they not bully her, but um, kind of pressure her to tell, which for me, I'm like, I don't know if I would be that girl. Would you? I just can't see it. I'm like, nigga, get this motherfucking trunk out the fucking house. Like I see it. It would really depend on the dynamic because like there are certain people in my life who I can't hold water when I'm around them. You know, my mama, my, my good Judy's. I don't know, but I think if I was like, if it was, you know, there it's still like a mother-child relationship with them. I would have told them, pick up this damn trunk and don't ask no questions about the smell. And they probably wouldn't have asked too much. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I would have been like, if you don't get this motherfucking trunk, y'all already done came out here, get this motherfucking trunk and bring it, we bringing it to our house. All that is none of your motherfucking business. Come on. She done been tough like that if throughout the season. So, girl... Did. Yeah. I remember when Poppy was selling drugs and you was putting his ass out on the street. So, mm-hmm. honey. You can play tough. You, you can, can play, play tough. So, I didn't understand. She was telling too many people for my spirit. She done told um, <laughs> Poppy and Ricky. Then she done told her little Doogie Hauser ass man as um, Electric Caller, I gag. But you done told you, man, you're telling too many motherfucking people. Right, right. It was too much. It was too much for my spirit. You spilling the tea, squirrel. Fucking that. All right. So then we get to they, they go to the scene where it flashes back to 1978. So this is a prequel to the whole post genre. This is when um Electra is young and on the normal peer hostrol. And yeah. she is on the host row with her friends. And as we learned, as you spoke to earlier, she has that same grander than everybody else personality. I am a classy girl, even though I'm right here in the host row with your host. <laughs> <laughs> I am just, you know, the trade list for me. I make more money than you because they know I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. That's They pay because I'm not supposed to be here and they know that. I'm like, oh. I mean, if I would have been the other bitch saying next to her, I'd be like, oh, what are you saying? But the other bitch knew she always cleaned up. Right. <laughs> so the proof is in the pudding, baby. Right. <laughs> so it can't be disputed, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we see that Electra, even during this time, also had big dreams for herself. She had, you mm-hmm. know, she was like, yeah, this I'm doing this now. She always been that person that thought like, Yes, excellence gets me to a different level. She, mm-hmm. she almost like um, she just has a standard. I don't want to say bootstrap, but I don't want to say that. But almost like yo, every 
excuse me, everything needs to be excellent. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm going to be excellent, excellent gets me to my next level. I don't yes. need to settle for mediocre. Even though I'm in this situation, I don't need to settle for mediocre and, and stay here. Mm-hmm. And so it's Very quite amazing. Evolution, like proactive about it. Yeah, proactive. In this moment, I guess her homegirl, her hostro buddy, uh, she usually goes to her hostro buddy's house to change back to her boy clothes so that she can go back home to her mama's house because she's living with her mama. She seems like, I guess she's a teenager now or something, or not a teenager, like an early 20 maybe. Um, And... In this process, the homegirl left her keys in one of the chick's car. And so she can't go to the chick's house because the chick can't get into her apartment. And so now she got to go home to her mama's house in drag, basically, up in Geesh. Right. And so I'm like, ooh. Now, for me, this is this is the part that was kind of like unrealistic. I don't If you have a parent like they're selling that Electra mother is, there's no way that Electra would have walked in the door you in that in. stuff. She would have figured out how to go to the bathroom, yeah. wipe her face off, you know, maybe take the At wig take off. The off. Right. Yeah, take the heels off, take the wig off, even the little outfit. I don't know. She would have she would have figured out a way to tone it down at least a little bit before she came through the door. But mm-hmm. for her to be in full wig, makeup, heels, outfit, everything. I found, I found that to be, especially her being so angry at the girl. You don't know Tasha Jackson. <laughs> like right. you do. So bitch, how you gonna come sneak through this door in full guilt, right. <laughs> full regalia. So what did you think about the mom? So this is when we first are introduced to Electra's mother, because when Electra comes through the door with her drag on, she's trying to sneak in quietly and her mother is sitting in the corner. Is she smoking? Do I remember her smoking? No, I think she was just sitting. Just there. sitting. Okay. Yeah. A, a cigarette would have made it more iconic, but um <laughs> But no, I can see her mother being strict, like ain't no smoking. No. This is a Christian household. This is a Christian Caribbean household. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, uh what what did I think of her mother? Um she gave what I expected her to give. Um, that scene was a very intense. It was very intense. I was nervous. I was so nervous. Like, I'm like, oh no, what's she gonna do? What is she gonna do? Um, yeah, it was it was very intense intense. I was really like sitting at the edge of my seat, but also um I was really like I knew that this is when we were gonna see. I knew how Electra was going to respond. Like, I just knew she was going to respond in the way she did. So I was excited to see her, like, really bring it out in front of her mother. Because I'm like, it's going to have to come to that. You know, ain't no way you walking up in this house looking like that and you can't commit, you know. So even though she did, like, cower a little bit out of fear, I'm like, no, when's it going to come out? And it did. And so I was so happy to see that, you know. Um, I was so happy for to see her stand up to her mother um, and really, like, you know, state who she was, 
you know, who she is. I'm not Dwayne, you know, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. Like, and it reminded me, um, it really reminded me of my coming out to my parents because it wasn't peaceful. So mm. yeah, we fought in the street and everything, child. It was it was a nightmare. But how did you feel? And if you don't mind speaking about it, how did it explain it a little bit? If you don't um, mind. Yeah, no. So my situation, it was real ghetto. Um uh, you know, I had come home one day. It was a little different. Um, I had been out doing, you know, what I do. I came home. Me and my parents get into it. My mom had already my mom already knew my tea. Um and but my dad didn't, or at least it had never been said you know, like definitively. Right. No, but um, everybody fucking knew. Um, and, you know, we, we, we get to arguing and, um, you know, my mom, you know, blurts it out. And then in that moment when my dad's standing right there on the front porch, I was forced to own it publicly in front of them. Your mother called it out. So your mother forced you to own it. Mm-hmm. Why did she feel in the need of that moment? It it, 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 it was. It, so this was more. It was, this was over a decade ago. It was a very different time. We were struggling as a family um, to kind of keep it together. Things were going on that just, you know, were really trying to like rip us apart, we, you know, and so this was something that, you know, um, this was a, was a manifestation of all this negativity that was going around, you know, my, my, you know, we were cussing each other out and my mom was like, oh, you not about to get me and I not get you back, you know? And so, you know, she hit me with that. I hit her back with some stuff, but like it, at that point it was out there, you know? And I had to look at my daddy and be like, yep, I suck dick. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And and, and then we fought in the street a little bit. You know, it was it was real ghetto, real just oh y'all went to blows. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um it yeah, it 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 was it was a mess. It was Mm -hmm. a mess. But they didn't put you out. Oh, I left. I oh, love gotcha. it. Like, well, and, and truth be told, at that time, like I probably couldn't have come back that night, but I have I had my own car, you know, I didn't have nowhere to go. Well, I did have somewhere to go. Yeah, I didn't because I had a little piece of boyfriend at the time. I'm, I'm gonna go live with my trade. So um I left. I didn't end up going to live with him. I went to stay with an aunt. Cause Trey yeah. ain't really ever that reliable. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Especially not back then. But uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, they 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 couldn't put me out because I, I was leaving. You know, you ain't gonna put me out of nowhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you feel like once it the, the the tone of the situation died down that you could have came back, but you just didn't? Um. So no, like things were. So I I ended up coming back the next day to get my belongings and we fought again. So wow. it, 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 it wait, 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 wait. No, how did y'all, how did it start again? How did the fight start again? 
Diamond, you know, when you when you say some hurtful shit to me, you know, some below the belt stuff, you know, they they forget there, there ain't nothing about them that I don't know because I was that child who was grown folks business. Same. <laughs> and I don't mind pulling it out. The stuff that I know that y'all don't know that I know, things that y'all don't know about each other, and I know, damn. Bam, 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 bam. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, the next day, you know, I mean, it caused chaos in the household. So, yeah, my face was not one that they wished to see, you know, grace they door, darken their doorstep, you know. And I did because I was I was coming to get my shit, you know. Um, I had my, you know, my sisters, like, get it ready. I was going to try to creep in like they later do and, and dip out, but it didn't work that way, you know? And so we ended up getting into it again. And so, yeah, that scene really reminded me of all of that, you know, um, traumatic, you know, mm -hmm. but makes for an excellent story, you know? And some really, you know, fucked up ways, some really funny memories, you know? Um, because in owning that in front of my parents, there was no turning back for me. I knew at that moment, if I can say this to my father, then I ain't got a coward in front of anybody about who the fuck I am. You it know? does give you a sense of freedom. It does give you a yeah. sense of freedom. There's that, it's this weight off your back because these are the motherfuckers that I care about that I was hiding <laughs> it from. So right. if, if they, if it's out in the open for them, you motherfuckers at school, you motherfuckers at work, you motherfuckers yeah, anywhere. Like, Fuck y'all. Yeah, that was my lecture moment. Like you, you can't say shit to me. You know, I didn't say it to the people who I feared saying it to. You know, and so, um, yeah, you know, it ended up. As bad of a situation as it was, I mean, and it could have been a lot better. I wouldn't take it back, to be honest. I wouldn't take it back. That's legit. That's legit. Because, yeah. you know, it's it, these type of situations mold you. And, of course, you would want something mm -hmm. healthier and better. But yeah, of course. If but it, if it, you know, um, it still if lays I, the foundation for your own personal integrity and how you treat people. So, it, yeah. I told yeah, you, I you know. Yeah, it lit a, there was a fire was born inside of me, you know, mm. that night, you know, that I didn't, at least I didn't know I had before. So, yeah, this reminded me heavily of that. That occurrence with me coming out really, it, it kind of, it, it saved the relationship with me and my dad. It's kind of crazy. And like, it really strengthened the the bond I have with my parents because we we were able to come back from it. You know, they had to, they had to come to terms with either we gonna love our child, like am I'm I, you know, or we gonna lose him, you know, because I mean we didn't speak for months after that. And you know, I would do little petty shit like show up at the church house you know, sit in the front where they sat, but like even ahead of them and get up and not and speak to everybody in the church, hugging and kissing and all that. And then walk right past my parents like they did not exist. 
you know, um, it, <laughs> you know, I, I would do little shit like that because I knew it would get on their nerves. And then so it, it came to, I remember getting this text from my dad, like, you can't be mad at me forever. And I just replied, watch. And because um, I'm stubborn like my mother, like my mom, that's one thing I definitely got from her. Like, baby, you cross me. We might not never speak again. You know? <laughs> and so like they they really had to come to like, you know, and there, like a whole lot was going on. There was like drug addiction involved and things like that. So that even got to got us to that point. Like my family, we was in a real crazy. They were both heavy and, you know, into their addiction at that time. They had relapsed um, after being years of being clean. And it was just like whoa you know i i had a i had my first vehicle second vehicle second vehicle and they wanted it to go make their little runs and i was like no and you know so we got the fight in and that's when you know all that shit started coming out so it um yeah like but after that it really you know when they, when they came and apologized, like it was the first time that my parents really, you know, black parents don't apologize. No. You know, <laughs> but they really had to apologize and they did it and they totally owned up for their shit for like the first time ever. So, you know, like, and we were able to start healing, you know, from that moment, you know, um, it, it ended up being good for everybody because you know my sister is a lesbian, you know, you know it was good for her because she was able to be who she is, you mm, know, right out loud like they knew, but you know she was now able to like she could bring her girlfriends were not friends they were girlfriends you know like right. they could come around because. When they saw how I fought, they knew I'm not going to let y'all dog my sisters out. You right? Know? Like you're not going, you're not going dog Jelaine out for who she is. And then I mean, my aunt is a lesbian, my mom's sister. So like, I mean, like gay is in the blood on in this. <laughs> gay is definitely in the blood. I, I had um, an uncle who um, never got to live his life. That, sorry never got to live their life as they would have liked to, but I believe they were trans. Um, you know, they were run out of town, run out of town. It was, this was a great uncle, my grandfather's brother. Mm. And went off to California and lived a fabulous life, fabulous life. And, but never could be who they were, where we're from. And so, yeah, just, it's been in every generation, there's been multiples of us, you know, and so I'm, I'm not straight people, you know. You know what's crazy is every family has a, a, a go, I call them ghost, queer ghost stories. And why mm -hmm. I call them that is because it's like that you, you know about that person that went to California, mm -hmm. but you don't really know what happened. And I have yeah. a I have an uncle Felix that is like that. They weren't trans, but they were queer as hell. And mm -hmm. when I came out, they were like, "Yeah, we know somebody. We got somebody like you. Only person in our family like you is Felix." 
and Felix lived in Chicago mm-hmm. and, and California at the time at, at one point and they I never met Felix except for once or twice in my life mm-hmm. and when we were it would be like a family reunion or a funeral for an older family member and mm-hmm. then I remember an episode I did on my um on on the show where um my my eel was talking about her cousin and her mm-hmm. cousin the, who she felt was trans and 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 this is a 70 year old woman so it and all these stories, everybody has a story of that kind of distant queer cousin. Even, mm-hmm. I don't know if you read the book, um, All Boys Aren't Blue by Jim I haven't. Johnson. No, I haven't, but you know what? It's on my list. I'm, you know what? Since you, because it's crazy that you brought that book up again because it keeps coming back to me. So I'm like, I need to read Yeah, it. go ahead and read it. It's really, really good. Um, George Johnson, he's been on the show as well as a guest. And mm-hmm. he um, and he talks about his trans cousin in the book where, you know, they kind of just, it. they kind of go off and, you know, you hear about them every now and then, but you don't know everything that's going on in their life. And yeah. so, and everybody that I know has these kind of stories about that queer distant cousin, da 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 And so it's right. quite interesting. I mean, and I guess it's really like, it truly is a ghost story because, I mean, you, the person who you thought they were, probably died a long time ago and they were living as the person who they truly are and you never got to know that you never got to know them you know the person that you think you know does not exist right because it's it's you're you're learning about them through the lens of your homophobic or transphobic family so that yeah that person is not real you know and you know the person who they truly are is only someone you could get to know through knowing them and or so, a friend that you might meet years later yeah. oh i know them da, 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 da. and they could and especially if you're saying the person could have been trans if you go to california where they stayed they wouldn't know that person that your family knew they exactly. they had another name that they would know oh i know miss something such the only person who really knew them was my mother mm-hmm. and it's because she when she was a young girl she ended up going out to California and staying with him and the, with them in this lavish villa that she talks about still to this day, 40 some years later, like she go on about that experience and just how lavish it was and everything, which was kind of was why I was like kind of heartbreaking for things to go down the way they did because it's like, you know, girl, like when you, when you found out about me, like, you know, you started telling me all this stuff and then like you went to try to cut me with it, uh, you know, and so I had to hit you back, you know, with, right. with some heavy shit, you know, and now we out here fighting, you know, oh, yes. you know, but it turned out well. It, it turned out well, you know, I, I, I love them both. We're very close. You know, and they're fully accepting that they done met boyfriends and then tried to hook me up with people and, <laughs> all, all, you know, all, all of that, you know, very like, you know, that when I moved down here, I had all my friends came down here with me, 
My parents hanging out with us all weekend, like all these punks running around. And here y'all two is, oh, we just, we love Adonis. Oh, we love this one. We love that one. Just, you know. Um, and a decade ago, we were twirling in the street. Twirling, okay, thumping, tussling, tussling. And now y'all, oh, y'all call, these are your, your sons, you know, y'all texting. Love to see it. Y'all sending gifts. I'm like, oh goodness, like child. All right. Y'all only knew what I had to go through to get to this motherfucking point, but I'm glad that I did, you know, because now I can help somebody else who's going through it too. Love it, um, love it, love it. You know. <laughs> Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please, do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Let's think about the artistry of the show. Mm-hmm. What did you think about Dominique's performance? Okay, so now let, let me let me can I can I just say this? I'm not getting on the train with the girls who want to read that lady for how she acts. But this episode, I kind of saw what y'all talking about. Because <laughs> I don't know if you on that train, but I you know. The, the crying was not doing it for me. Um, you know, the part on the, uh, now the, the, it was really intense when my mama started ripping off the, when she had that Cinderella moment when they was ripping the, you know, when the stepsister was ripping the shit off of her. <laughs> yes. You know, mama ripping off the wig, ripping off the lashes, you know, slapping the makeup off her. Right. Oh, oh no, not the full coverage, but you know, um, I, you know, that part was, yeah, you know. It, yeah, it was, I was, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't moved. I was, by... Yes, I, did, I wasn't moved. Like, I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, but at the, I wasn't moved by, like, I was moved by what was happening, but not necessarily Electra's performance or dominance. And sometimes I feel, I feel when somebody is a great, um, when there's great writing and great acting, I think sometimes people can be a little overkill with the, um, 
the script. I feel like certain things can be conveyed through body language. Certain mm-hmm. things can be conveyed through looks. Certain things don't always have to be said. And so there's a lot of times in shows, particularly Pose, I'm let's stick to Pose. There's mm-hmm. a lot of time in Pose where things are being said that don't need to be said, or they can be said in a more actor's nuanced way. Yeah. And so in this particular episode was a highlight of that for me, where there's certain things that didn't need to be said. It just feels like the scene where she put the lipstick on and put the thing on her head when the mama, um, that yeah. the, the lyrics around, it seemed like it was a little bit, not lyrics, but you know, the script yeah. seemed like it was a little bit much. There was a more nuanced way that that could have been conveyed. Like, yeah, the last thing you see of me is going to be me standing tall. I don't think she needed to say anything. She just needed to do it right because you and you think about like if you were in that situation like i don't think you i would have i would have i wouldn't have been like wait 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 wait, mommy wait (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna do that if i was gonna do that i would have just did it you know right she it could have been done where her mother is talking to her while she's grabbing her things to like (laughs) at the end of the little moment grabbing her things to leave and (laughs) she is she is doing those things while her mother is talking to her. And mm-hmm. then her mother says something like, are you listening to me? Where are you going? Da, 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 da. And she turns around and then stands up. Like mm-hmm. you see her face and see her lipstick and see her like, yo, you're not, you're going to see me looking. Yeah. This is who I am. I'm not, but it just, it just should have been such a more nuanced way. And I think to me, that is what's good acting. I think, hammer over the head acting is is a sign of an amateur and then sometimes that is because of the writing and sometimes it's because of the lack of skill in um in the actor and so we 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 see actors like um viola davis meryl streep um you know these 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 jergonauts in acting. And one of the best things about them is that they can give you a little look. They can give you a little hand gesture. They can give you a little, um, just a little something to convey an emotion, to convey something without even saying it. And so that's just a sign of a great actor. And also, you know, I know sometimes writing can be a little Boom. So, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't sold on the writing and acting. And I I don't know if it was because of her lack of skill. And I don't know if it was because of the writing. And so, you know, I wasn't really moved by this scene. Certain moments were quite comical. Yeah, I can see that. I actually, you know, if I'm if I'm going back to the scene, you know, with um Blanca and her mother. Blanca and the brother remember it's I think there's a season one. Well season one, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm and I'm and I'm reminiscing on that. I, I actually like the nuance of those particular her particular scene. Remember when she closed the door on her? Remember when yeah. she walked down the steps? It was it was certain um things that I enjoyed about those moments that I think this one was quite heavy-handed. Now Blanca now Electra's acting, Dominique's acting, I think her character is so grandiose, mm-hmm. but I, I, and it can, and that, that sometimes comes off as 
overacting for Dominique, but yeah. I think the character, I'm not 100% for sure, but when I realized or think that thought that the character was based on like Crystal LaBeja and yeah. it was based on characters like that, then it becomes a little bit more like, oh, I see. And, and being that I know this is not how Dominique is in real life right, right. He's playing a character this is not how Dominique talks this is not how Dominique is and right. so she is playing a character and that character may not be um it may it may come off if you don't know Dominique like oh you just do you overacting this yeah 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 but it's yeah. actually this is my character and it's right. it's a character that we have come to love so I I appreciate it right right so yeah, seeing the crystal influences there, you know, yeah, totally. And I, li I live. <clears throat> you get the Dominique Devereaux. You get the Crystal Labaja. You get these like these mixtures. Um, Alexis Gabriel, not Gabrielle Sheridan, <laughs> Alexis Carrington. Um, yeah. These kind of grand people from her era, and so mm -hmm. I think um, I think that's amazing. So it is basically laying the foundation of how Electra starts to become the, the person who she is in the community because mm -hmm. now she's on now she's on the street now she's starting to where other places it is not accepting queer people it's not accepting gay people trans people da, 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 da. she can literally become the star that she wants to be in mm -hmm. the scene so we see she has these Planned for herself, these ideas, these dreams, which be it would be surprising. I would maybe not, but she's very dreamy, like a Pisces or something. I would want to know um, Electra's um, astrological sign, <laughs> oh, really? but, but she's really dreamy, and so she can live this life, or a Leo, <laughs> she can live this life in the scene, and it becomes her life. Mm -hmm. We get the introduction to how Electra runs into um, Angel, yes, Cubby, and um, Lamar, and so they are three uh, Angel and Lamar cousins. Um, they are three Afro Latina um, homeless gay youth, and Angel is the one that's prostituting to get feed all three of them basically. And mm -hmm. she, you can, this, she actually looks like she's pre-transition and you know, they're young and Electra sees them. Um, we also get the scene prior to this scene. We also get the scene where um, Blanca and Candy is back. We finally see, we see Candy in it because this is a prequel. Um, we see Candy and Lulu in the house and we see their dynamic. Lulu and Candy are together, Kiki and Young, childish, bickering hens. And then Blanca is the more responsible child. She's the more heartfelt child. She's the one who's concerned about Electra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so right. this is clearly after Electra and Blanca meet. We see a we saw a flashback back to that time earlier in the season, earlier yeah. in the um in the show. Um, and so we see the dynamic between Blanca, Candy, and Lulu. We see that they're they more don't care. We see also that Candy is more feisty, like she normally is. Mm -hmm. Um, we see Lulu is kind of like still reading, reading Blanca, still reading Candy. <laughs> it's we see this relationship, and so when Electra runs into the little babies, Angel, um, Lamar, and Cubby. Um, Electra, like, oh, okay, 
I'm going to try to bring these little babies into my house too. Well, not try. She told them, I'm your mother. Like, here. Here's my number. Here's the address. Go here. Go. Y'all with me now. She literally, like, took them. Right. (laughs) And then she said... And don't be scared. Blanca is going to answer the door. Don't be scared. She has a great heart under that wig. <laughs> 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 I said she does not let up <laughs> off oh. of Blanca's neck. <laughs> off of nobody's neck. Nobody's. <laughs> so we see them. We see. We get to see them like in their struggle, in their struggle. The lights getting cut off, the food. Um, and for me, growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, I saw so much of this. I saw so much of queer people. It's kind of made into a joke nowadays in our community. If you're in the queer community, especially the AMAB, the assigned male at birth, the, the the trans the trans women and the and the gay men especially in that particular culture um i saw a lot of you we call them in our city we call them pallet punks <laughs> where <laughs> we call them pallet punks where you know a trans woman or an older gay man will have a house full of gays slaying sleeping on pallets sleeping on air mattresses everybody bringing some kind of coin in to take care of bills somebody's stunting and writing bad checks (laughs) somebody is doing returns somebody is doing credit card fraud so everybody is really in this house trying to survive and i'll see little units it'd be and and then and sometimes it'd be based in the bossing family shit but sometimes it don't even be based in that because some where i'm from the bossing wasn't as big and so because i'm you know i'm from the midwest so we the bossing didn't get popping in our city until you know years later but you you saw this you saw people really taking care of each other and sometimes our relationships are toxic sometimes our relationships aren't super healthy sometimes those relationships are um rooted in manipulation sometimes it's rooted in genuine love and like for people it's just so many it's so many iterations of where it could be and it could be a combination between all the whole group some people are manipulating oh they only they only live here because they got a car (laughs) they only we don't really like them but they got a car we it's so many things and I was one of those people. I always had my own place. Since I was 16, mm-hmm. I was I always had my own place. And the gays always came over my house from, but I just had a more robust unit. Cause I had the lesbians, I had the gays, I had the trans, I had everybody coming to my house oh, sleeping. Wow. Okay. Anybody who was, you know, my parents was kicking them out, they would come to my house. And, you know, that's just kind of how it was. And so I saw this. Did you see this growing up in your area? No, I mean, you remember last week. You know, for a long time, I thought I was the only gay in the world. Like, <laughs> within, within, you know, a hand's reach. And, um, yeah, I didn't know. I, I was, hmm, when did I find out about, like, no, I remember the first ball I went to, I was, like, 20. Um, maybe Could I drink? Yeah, I could. So I had to be, like, 21. Um, and... Yeah, I still, I really did not know 
what all of that was about. You know, yeah, because I was on BGC. I was on Black Gay Chat, you know, fuck around the forums. And that's when I really like found out about all this stuff, you know, um, and met people who would like introduce me to, you know, ballroom. Um, so yeah, I had no idea what was going on. Mm. So they do have this ball that kind of established them first coming out as the house of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and Praytel is moderating and he is, you know, doing the, the thing that he does. And <laughs> he gets the clown in this house because the theme is once upon a time. And this first house that they're showing look a hot ass mess. A very Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Party City. (laughs) Party City. Cheap ass is horrible. And so Electra being that girl who is about excellence and high peak performance when it comes to your category, she introduces her new family. She introduces, you know, Lulu, Candy, um, uh, all the people, all the people that we know, they all are there. So Blanca, Lamar, Cubby. And so it's interesting to see them come storm the ball and win with each other. And we get to see how they became the house that we was first introduced to the very first episode of Pose, the very first episode. Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. They really slay the category. They they are Rapunzel, Little Red Riding Hood. They are it just so much. It just so much stuff. Then they win. They win the trophy and walk out of the ball with, you know, with their tens. You know, I really wanted them to get go more into what it's like for the girls who are arrested and thrown into the holding cells. Um, like Blanca, she did, like, she, she talked about it. You know, I was wondering that we were going to see more of that. We didn't, um, you right. Know, Cause when she got arrested and the police threw her in jail before Blanca, before, when she called Blanca, um, I wasn't for sure. I, I, I wasn't 100% for sure because I didn't know when the rules change, but I know Electra is a sex change. So I'm okay. trying to, I didn't know if the rules for some, I would have to look into it and I didn't look into this, but if the rules, because I always thought that if you were a sex change, you go with the women. I know that that's the rule now. So mm. I wanted to know that when did that shift or did it shift? I don't know. I can't remember exactly. I don't remember how that worked, but I would love for them to have gone into that as well. But they didn't. Um, maybe because they hit on it. Didn't they hit on it a while ago? Like in another scene that somebody was arrested? Uh, you know, I know Blanca had mentioned being arrested and I can't remember if we actually, did we, I think we did, did we see that in the first season when she, was she arrested when she kept fucking with them people uh, when she kept trying at the, to like, at the restaurant, at the bar, was, at the yeah, it was, it was she was at a gay bar and they did not want her to be in there, right? Right. I think they called the police on her then. Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe that's why um, they didn't go into it too too much. They are struggling financially in this house, so we're seeing them struggle. We're seeing Electra be this kind of motherly figure where she is 
you know, trying to not be, she's trying to be a mother and, but also trying to not be the mother that her mother was to her. That's what it feels like. It's like, I'm trying to be what I think a mother should be to children and create a space for them, create safety. And so they were struggling. There was some financial issues that was happening that mm-hmm. was, you know, there weren't no cash prizes for the balls at this point in the right. time that they were talking about. And so she she knows where she has some value, like some valuable things to kind of change her life in her little situation. Yeah. And so she tells them, tells Blanca, like, look, I know where we can get some coins. And so she doesn't tell them that she's going back to her mother's house because her mother has her trunk and that's why it's called trunk. So her in the scene where her mother and her is fighting, she wanted to take her trunk, but her mother just being the evil bitch that she was tells her, no, if it's in my motherfucking house, it's mine. And you can't take that shit. You leave, you leave it with the fuck you got, get the fuck out. And so, and so in that situation, um, Blanca leaves her things, but, what she's planning to do is take her children, now that she got a whole family, whole crew, take her children there and break into the mom's house and take the trunk and then come back because she knows the stuff that she has in the trunk, she can sell and it can be, you know, she can make a better life for her, her and her children. She said she had a small fortune in there. A small fortune of furs and all mm-hmm. the shit that she, money that she made from, you know, prostituting. Mm-hmm. And so when she gets in the house, she gets up to the, the trunk with Blanca and um and bring the trunk down. And of course, her mother wakes up and sees them. There's a couple of things. It just was a r- weird thing about the writing. There was there was moments where I felt like they were going in a good direction. And they just, I don't know, and it just fizzled out. But there was a moment where she was asking Blanca, did she like Electra? And in my mind, in that conversation, it it would have been cool to point out the ignorance where I thought they were maybe alluding to that, but I wasn't for sure if it was because they didn't really explain it. Because how Blanca responded wasn't how I was taking the direction I thought it was going. But she asked Blanca, did she like her? And I and then she the mother said, you know, the way I'm talking about. I thought that it was on some sexual shit because I've been in situation with my um, my parents or my family members. And I'll bring some of my gay Judy's home. And they like, do y'all like each other? No, this is my sister. (laughs) Listen, I have this conversation often because, like, you can't bring nobody home. Like, it just happened the other day. I was on the uh, phone with one of my good sis, uh, my good sisters, and I was telling their mother, "Happy Mother's Day." And then, you know, later in talking to them, it was like, you know, after you got the phone, my mama was like. You know, is that is that just your friend? Because you know, people got feeling. My my friend is partnered, so and his mother knows that. So when I'm on the phone, like, hey, mama, you know, happy Mother's Day. She's like, oh, thank you, baby. After I get off the phone, she's like, are you sure that's just your friend? Because you know, people got feelings, and you don't want to be out here hurting nobody. And he like, mama, that is my good sister. Like that, no. And I've, I've had to do the same thing with my family. Like, y'all know, like, 
and no. don't let the person you talking about be halfway decent looking because they like I know that you're not know. letting that fine man pass you by. <laughs> that and you know I have you know friends who are straight that come around and you know my family be trying it trying it then too. I'm like no, like <laughs> this ain't that. Will never be that. They don't understand the nuances of our, particularly trans and gays, and the whole femme and masculine thing, top and bottom thing, and people who verse. They don't. They don't understand that. And because they lump us all in as men, (laughs) anybody could be fucking anybody, which that can be true, but that's there is some social order within our culture, (laughs) right? Like we we have genuine friendships like yes. those are, you know um i know that's not rooted in sex right i know y'all think men are just about that and many of them are but we are a very diverse group of people right you know and we're not all led by that you know mm-hmm. and it's not in every relationship we have you exactly know? And so and then don't and then then when you get into the nuances of sexual orientation and gender identity that that's oh. a mind fuck for them further along the line like yo like no this is a gay man he likes men so me you see i'm looking like a woman i'm a woman and yeah. so he's not going to be attracted to me this is my brother this is my child <laughs> this is my da 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 he likes men i'm not a man so he's not going right. to be attracted to me and so yeah. you got to really break it down to them so i thought in that conversation with the mom that they were going to explain that a little bit but they didn't blanca just went on yeah, she's just one of the best people that I know. And went into that. That was, I don't know if that was intentional, but that seemed like they should have went into that conversation. Then they went into the conversation where the mom started to be, a, her armor started to, there started to be a chink in her armor. And she started to be a little bit tender and explain her, the root of her situation. She felt like she was lonely. She didn't have a man and you were supposed to be the man in the house and da 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 da. And almost like, you were supposed to be the man of the house, which to me, now, you know, me being a black woke feminist, these are these are kind of the these are like hotep conspiracy theories. Like these are rooted in those kind of I, I, you know, there's stories that hotep niggas talk about when it comes to gay folks they say stuff like yeah with our our women are raising men because they don't have no man and like these kind of storylines are rooted in patriarchy and massage noir yeah some bullshit bullshit i also i really don't like and, I, and, I, and I, i'm saying i'm using the word son because i know that in the, in the show electra's mother looks at her as yes her son you know you know you see this a lot where a a lot is put on the boys to kind of be the men that their fathers were not like to kind of hold that space Mm -hmm. in the household and it's just like no like no like that they were never supposed to be the man of the house you know, nor were they supposed to stay to protect you. Like they didn't like they didn't come here for that. 
Like, and if you had them for that reason, like, sorry for you, but you know, that's what you want for them. You know, yeah. and they weren't supposed to do that. That's what you wanted. You know, it like, yeah, it just, it's, it's kind of gross. It's like, it's really weird, you know? And, and that is, is especially in this context, this specific story, because mm-hmm. though she said that in that moment, if you remember the lines, the very first lines that we were introduced to her with earlier in this episode, she says, you walk around this house like you're the man of the house. But the, as long as I can remember, I pay all the bills here. You're that's that's right. those are two different women. Right. You, so right. I, I just feel like that writing isn't um in this in this episode it just it didn't hit the mark for me it was like mm, because the woman who would say that is not the woman who would say i wanted you to be the man of the house those are two different type of women to me yeah that's that's two totally different types of mentality yes and while people can have a shift in that you ain't going from this to that right (laughs) that's not going to happen um and she definitely you know and that might have been a manipulation you know on her part you know trying to kind of play it she did say this can we come to a compromise Mm -hmm. yeah no we can't (laughs) no we can't for this i am uncompromising you know um we can't come, I, I can't tone it down, you know, cause she's like, you know, just like tone it. Like, no, no. Like, and then I really love the way Electra said, you know, she said, um, you know, I do all this. I live my life this way to, you know, like turning it up is what, how I want to live my life. Like, you know, I want to keep pushing it and you know, I, I, I really love that because I think in a lot of ways, many of us will try to tone ourselves, we'll try to like mute ourselves for people that we love, you know, as to not disrupt whatever the hell they got going on. And, you know, which leads to a lot of turmoil and, you know, on us, you know. Facts. Trying, you know, I shit. I remember trying real hard to not walk with a switch. I don't do it purposely. Just one day, I had hips and ass, and it was the things was moving. Okay, I don't know, you know, but I, I would try to like be a little robot, like you know, as to not let anything jiggle, shake, wobble. But like, you know how exhausting that is. It's exhausting to be thinking about how you're walking down the hallway at school, how you're walking around the house every minute, every step. Like, I remember there was like even a point where I just, I would try like to live with making as little moves as possible because I was worried about if I get up and I walk to go sharpen this fucking pencil, somebody going to say something about some things moving. Like, I, I knew it was coming. So, yeah, like, ain't no turning it down because that is exhausting. It's exhausting. Facts. Um, we not going to do that. Period. Facts. So 
This is basically when, you know, this is basically it. When Electra tells her, you know, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to be who I am. And if that is sacrificing my relationship with you, that is just what we have to do. And so that is what, that is how it basically ends. That is how um, it basically, you know, she becomes who she is. She becomes the mother of the house. And this goes back to what I talked about, how complicated they are making, they are making the characters here because everybody kind of easily oscillates from villain to hero Mm-hmm. back and forth because sometimes i'd be like electra is the villain and then sometimes i'd be like she's uh you know she's a hero she's Wait. a mother figure right. and so and i think it's it's a bunch of that only person who stays a hero all the time is going to be like blanca um yeah. yeah but some everybody else seems to kind of when we come to pray tell when it comes to mostly everybody else yeah not not poppy yeah. yeah, everybody else is kind of doing like fluckery shit. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that this is a great t- I, I even though the writing was kind of not hitting the mark sometimes with me, I do enjoy the idea of Electra getting her own centered episode so that we can get into her tea. And I do and I do love it. I do yeah. love that we got a chance. Yeah, me too. I really loved, you know, Blanca talked a lot about, you know, the sacrifices that she made, you know. Yes. Uh, so that they could like, you know, because she had to, she's she's arrested, you, you know, they're threatening to search her, her property. You know, she now needs Blanca to go and basically get the money to bail her out, you know, remove the dead, the rotting corpse that has been in her house for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, just be there for her because in that moment, she didn't have anybody else to turn to. She right. to Blanca. And Blanca coming back and basically saying, had you not done what you did back in 1983 for us, or even what you went through in 1978, you know, none of this, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been here today. I wouldn't have been able to do this for you. Which is a, which is a, which is a great small picture of what the larger picture picture is for the queer community. There are people who lay foundations for us that sometimes as young, the younger generation or the um, up and coming generation takes advantage and and takes for granted (laughs) is sometimes that, but that is basically the picture of, um, you know the the larger community, yeah, and so yeah. you are totally whole, right. She, she moment, the mo- moment, yeah. And yeah. so I find that to be quite um, tr- true to real life. That was a Blanca's parts definitely were the the crux, like the, definitely the heart of this particular episode. And mm-hmm. even when she was talking to her man, when she had, when she told her man about what was going on, yeah. when they actually went and disposed of the body, when, um, when you got to actually see the new house of abundance move into a new place, into a new yeah. space that Electra took her money from her trunk mm-hmm. and 
put everybody in. You got the idea of they are a family and they was hustling. That was a kiki moment when um, Candy came in and said, hey, you get this room, you get that room, we're robbing this joint. But (laughs) Electra was like, no, we're not robbing it like we normally would. (laughs) But this is home now. And so she had made a way for them and laid the foundation of you know, basically, I want to say the full ball scene, but big key players of the ball scene in this world. Mm-hmm. This is how we got to know these people. This is how when we, we, we don't get a poppy in an executive position without a lecture in 78. Yeah. <laughs> in 95, right. we right. don't get a poppy in Angel in um on, on the cover of magazines we don't get um uh, blanca with a nail salon we don't get blanca taking care of hiv patients in the in, in you know in the nurse ward we don't yeah. get a pray t- well we get a pray tell not a pray tell um we don't get a damon travel in the world travel in the world we don't yeah. get these things without mm-hmm. the 78 electra on the whole stroll figuring out how to make it work for herself yeah. and then making it work for her family yeah that's beautiful yeah i loved it um I, yeah that that like the you know yeah the, the episode had its flaws but big picture it was like this is this is really nice. I, I was overall, I was very pleased with that with the episode. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. that's what happens. They they take the body of the man and dump it into the water, and they dump it into an area of town that is that is polluted, and the microbes will wear it out, and just a place that nobody will try to find it. I love that <laughs> little tidbit because it was like you know I like. Oh, Blanca, you got you a little nerdy, little smart man. man. Like, <laughs> you have to hide the body. Like, that's Bay for real. Like, he's literally helping you get rid of the body. Like, that's fucking Bay, you know. And he was mad at you for even trying to keep that shit from him. Like, you know, it it, it was really sweet. Um, in a in a gross way because it's like a decomposing body. You yeah, know, that's been locked in this trunk for God knows how long. And then I love how Electra. This is a little moment in the script. There are that's why I said the script sometimes fail me, but then sometimes there's nuances that they put in it that I'm like, "Mm -hmm, exactly. Because in this moment, you could find yourself feeling sorry for this human body that they are just disposing of, like almost like, oh, this is this is so inhumane and da da da. But Electra says she was like, this is somebody who wouldn't give a fuck about me. Yeah, this is literally they've been in my closet, but this was a fucking client that literally was using me as a human sex doll. Like I was just a a living object for him to use for his sexual gratifications. This Mm -hmm. is somebody who would not give a fuck about me. And so I'm not about to let this bullshit. Especially considering that we found out later, you know, in that episode, exactly who he was, you know, he was he was a bad man, you know, not that means that he should, you know, but like he didn't give a fuck about her. Right. You know? He would have told her that she didn't deserve the life that she is living, you know. Um, yeah. Like, so dump him. 
Dump them. And that's what she was like. I'm not about to let this is an ending chapter of my life. This is I'm finally getting rid of this fucking shit that I've been hiding in my closet that's been haunting me. Yeah. And you get what I'm saying? Now it's out of my closet. Do you just like we talked about your um hour? Because I experienced the same thing. Once it's out the bag, it's a lift off your yeah. way off of you. I'm pretty sure that situation with Electra, if you know, you've been for years, decades now, holding on to this situation. Wait, is it decades? No, no, no. It's about a year. Definitely like five years. Yeah. Um, that you don't have this thing in your closet. Mm-hmm. And now you have finally gotten rid of it. And you don't have to worry about it. People can come to your house. You ain't got to worry about the smell. Constantly yeah. reminding you. You ain't got to worry about none of that. You free. The air fresheners, the incense. And, you know, it's funny because every time I go back to watch Paris is Burning, and you'd see Dorian Corey's segments. You see that roll of smoke from them incense going. Yes. Wow. That thing, it was hot in there, stinking. <laughs> <laughs> just just imagine the, what it smelled like without them clothes. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Yes. You know, um, it's like, damn, like when you go back and watch that, and you know, you know, tea, it's like, hmm. Yes, bitch. I live. <laughs> I live. <laughs> Especially knowing the story. I'm like, that probably some fucking trader would try to wear her out and she got them together. <laughs> right. All Absolutely. of that. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, y'all. That was episode three, The Trunk. Um, it was a great, I like the, I wouldn't say great episode, but definitely good. Definitely some highlights. Definitely a, something a memorable um, episode. It wasn't boring, and you know we will see y'all next week um, when we, get to we find out what's going on with Lulu. Because that, um, so hopefully next week we get to see what's happening with Lulu because that was a little thing that they threw in there that voicemail. You know that voicemail right in the beginning from Lulu because she done went and honey cracked out. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll see. see. So make sure y'all tune in. I know that um, we're going to put all three of these out at the same time because I got a lot of stuff going on with a bunch of people dying, literally three people dying in my life, like (laughs) like all in like three or four days from Jahira, from um, a trans woman here in Houston, and, um, and our podcast homie, Nikita. And recently... I have a like I found out today I have an aunt that is going into hospice that went into hospice today that they are saying that there's nothing else that they can do for her. So she's about to pass away. So I am. That's why I haven't been putting episodes out, but it is coming. I'm slowly but surely dealing with the grief and dealing with stuff, but it will be. And thank y'all for being patient with me. Um yeah, people have been sending me messages asking me, are y'all going to do the post reviews? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we totally intend to do it. But I have been um, dealing with a lot of stuff. So thank y'all for being patient with me. And we will see y'all next week. See you next week. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. 
You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be 